Hi, I'm Sarah Seberg. Welcome to Kingdom Real. Today, we have a very special guest. I'm so excited. I'm getting to know her. I'm going to get to know her even better. Um, Orshika Fair. Did I say that correctly? You did. Excellent. Thank you. Love it. Me too. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us today. Thank and you for inviting me. I look forward me. to hearing your story. It's, right. it's an honor to be here. I'm just absolutely thrilled. So thank you. Wonderful. So we're just going to go ahead and get started. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about, you know, tell us something about your family of origin. Okay. So you did get my name right. Thank you. (laughs) My parents are Hungarian and my brother and sister and mom and dad jumped the boat or the plane Mm -hmm. and they are Hungarian refugees. And I was born here in the Chicago area. Okay. And we, yeah, that's, that's the background, the immediate background. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So did you speak any English when you got here? Well, I was born in Chicago. Okay, so, that's right. They right, came, right. You got yes. me. Yep. So my family did not speak any English. My mm. dad was a pediatrician in Hungary, and my brother was an interesting story, but my mom was about eight months pregnant with my brother when they walked across the border. My sister was about 18 months old-ish, something in there, and they walked across the border overnight from Hungary to, I want to say Yugoslavia could be wrong okay anyway and then they made it to, to Italy and my brother was born in Italy oh wow and so then they continued their journey to the US um, so October interestingly enough July 4th was the day that they walked across the border really and October 12th Columbus Day is the day that they came to the US oh those are so, cool dates yeah they really yeah. are <laughs> yeah my brother was born in August and um, yeah it's just kind of a miracle how they how they made it here and then I was born in the Chicago area. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So um, tell us one of your favorite memories from growing up. Oh, there's so many. <laughs> I had such a really great, blessed childhood. I would say, so because Uppa was a pediatrician, mm-hmm. um, we used to go to medical conventions, and those would be our vacations. So honestly, those medical conventions, Maine, Maine is one of my favorite memories because I remember I was probably eight at the time and the lobster, I can still taste the lobster. It was so good. <laughs> I love <laughs> and it. And we watched them catch the lobster and it was just a really great experience. And so I would have to say that that's one of my favorite memories just because we went as a family and it was just good. That's so nice that you got to go with, yes. you know, on, on all of those It was trips. wonderful. Yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yes. <laughs> That's fantastic. So how far apart are you from your siblings then? You said that they were, you know, 18 months and then he was born and then right. how far apart? So my you? sister was born in 68. I'm aging my family here. <laughs> my sister was born in 68. My brother was born in 69 and I was born in 73. Okay. So yeah. now so everybody knows that I'm 48. I love it. Yeah, I'm 43. So I totally got <laughs> <Excellent>. it. <laughs> I decided that after you turn 40, age doesn't matter anymore. It really doesn't. Not a lot of things matter after you turn 40. So, yep. Um, So it sounds like you had a good childhood. It was a great childhood. That's fantastic. It was really good. So um, let's transition a little bit and talk about, um, you know, kind of the opposite of things. Tell us about um, your darkest, most difficult, painful experience that you had in your life. Just one. Any that you want to share. (laughs) Just one. Hmm. Interesting, because I did have a, an amazing childhood, and then my senior year of high school started really, really just the hard stuff. Mm-hmm. So my mom ended up in the hospital with thrombosis. She had a, well, let me back up. I ended up in the hospital with a cyst on my ovaries that exploded. That's how I started mm. my senior year, and then mom was in the hospital for 
12 days with thrombosis in her leg and then parents declared bankruptcy and Mm. it was just it was really a hellacious senior year like usually people look forward to senior year and I just wanted it to end so that was a tough definitely a tough year and honestly my adulthood until about 11 years ago has been rough Um, Mm. I've been married twice and the first marriage was just emotionally void Mm. interestingly my sister when we were in the midst of divorce my super wise sister who's very black and white and logical thinking and I love this about her she says well you two are gonna have to figure out how to communicate and I said back to her if we knew how to do that we wouldn't be getting a divorce right she was like oh yeah that okay so then the next marriage was to the abuser and Mm. uh that was those were some dark four and a half years Yeah, yeah those were rough Tell me more about that, if you don't mind. Oh, I don't mind at all. Um, It started out, so it started out with my self-esteem being super low. Mm. I take full ownership and responsibility for being in that relationship, for allowing myself to get to such a low point. I was a single mom with two young kids. Mm. Who's going to love me? Mm -hmm. Who's going to think I'm worthy of a good life? I sure didn't think so. You know, like my kids were, my daughters were young. And I just didn't think that I was worthy of anything, really and truly. I felt mm-hmm. very broken. And an, a mutual friend introduced us, and he was charming and okay on the eyes and did little things like brought flowers and mm-hmm. brought me jeans and jewelry. And so I was like, this must be it. You know, like... This is my knight in shining armor. Yeah. yeah. And he served in the military and, and not at the time when we got together, but like that was, you know, that was kind of a, a charming thing for mm-hmm. me as well. Yeah. And then I bore him a son and it just kind of went downhill from there. That was kind of the light switch. Um, yeah. yeah. My mom warned me. She could see it. She could see it. Yep. She sure could. Mm-hmm. And she said, if he's talking to because he has another son by another woman. Okay. And if he's, she overheard their conversation. And she said, if he's talking like that to the mother of his firstborn, then when is that going to be you? Oh, wow. And I was like, well, mom, if you love him right, she pulls the wrong parts of him out. You know how different people oh, yeah. vibe with you differently? And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, well, she's just crazy. And, mm-hmm. you know, if I just love him well enough, then. That won't happen to you. That won't happen to me. Mm-hmm. I was wrong. She was right. So we spent about four years together. I bore him my son, and the 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 switch was flipped. Yeah, and he uh, gaslighting is that the term it is? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was some gaslighting involved. There was demeaning, you know those those typical narcissistic traits. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't good enough, you know, and then that fed into my. I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, you know, that I was already struggling with. Right. Right. So he lifted me up only to break me back down. Mm. And so um, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, financial abuse, and then the physical started and I said, I'm out. So I was able to handle, (laughs) we use that, those who have survived abuse Mm -hmm. use that term loosely. Like I was able to handle it, you know, as long as we're keeping a family together. But the truth of the matter is, Nothing is worth the safety of yourself and your children. Right. Like, it's, it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. We have this idealistic look 
or view of what a family should be. You know, biblically, there's a husband and a wife, but biblically, there's also the husband loves and respects and treats the wife at a certain level. Absolutely. And when that doesn't happen, you know, it, it so frustrates me when I hear, well, divorce is against the Bible. Okay, but what about the behaviors? Mm-hmm. Like, if you're not behaving the way the Bible calls you to, then then we need to reevaluate, right? right? And so, yeah, it was just a, it was a rough, rough time, honestly, because I just, the demeaning little comments, you know, and the, the hurtful ways, and I saw how he was towards my oldest, because she's a very strong-willed, beautiful human being. Mm. We talked about that before we started mm-hmm. recording, and he just picked at her, and picked at her, and picked at her, and... One day we came home, so we were living in Oklahoma, and we were visiting in Michigan, and we came home, and my oldest snapped back. He said, go down and clean my shop, and she said something like, go clean your own shop. We hadn't been home in three weeks, right? Wow. Go clean your own shop. Mm -hmm. And he looks at me, and he's like, you need to take care of her, or I will. And I looked at him, and I said, if you lay a hand on her. And there were some colorful adjectives in here, which, Mm -hmm. you know, we'll avoid. (laughs) I basically looked at him, and I said, if you lay a hand on her, I will take the gun that's in the safe, and I will shoot you between the eyeballs. Don't you dare touch my child. Mm -hmm. So, and he looked at me and laughed. And I was like, I'm not kidding. I will go to jail, and you will be dead. So he didn't believe you? Oh, no. I wouldn't dare. But he didn't dare touch my child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, that was just where the relationship was at that point. Mm-hmm. And how yeah. far into the relationship was this? About four years. Okay. Yeah. And that was the first time he threatened one of my children to me directly. Um, and by that point, we had been away for three weeks. I had spoken with my brother about, like, listen, I'm going to give this marriage one more try. Mm. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a valiant, you know, valiant effort. Yeah. And my brother being wise as he is, my siblings got the wisdom. Maybe that's, maybe I should hang out with my siblings (laughs) more. But, um, my brother looked at me and he says, we'll see you in three months. He knew that it was done Mm. and it was two weeks. It was two weeks and we, we were done. I called him one morning and I was like, I need help. We need to get out now. So, yeah. And there was just so many little things like that, you know. Um, we came back from Michigan, and there were, I don't know how much detail you want, but there were Share whatever you want. situations where he asked for favors. And I said, well, we need to work on our marriage before any favors right. will happen. He's like, well, I'm not willing to work on our marriage until the favors happen. I'm like, well, I guess we're at a standstill. So then we went and had a long talk at a cemetery, and he has his concealed to carry, and I've never been so scared in my life. This is rural Oklahoma. Nobody would have ever found me. Nobody would have ever found mm-hmm. my body cemetery. And I looked at him, and I was like, uh, I'm not comfortable here. And he's like, you're not going to do any favors? And I'm like, no, I need you to take me home to my babies. And it was just... I've never been so scared. It was just a really scary time in life. And right. yeah, it was just hard. It was really, really hard. And I called my brother. So, you know, as women, there are certain bodily functions we can't control. 
Absolutely. Right. And the week we got home, one of these bodily functions happened, right? And he was wanting favors. And I was like, can't do that because I'm kind of preoccupied. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, isn't that convenient? You happen to be preoccupied, right, when you get home and when I want something. And I'm like, I can control this. Okay. Okay, sure. Yeah, absolutely. And he ended up that week was done and at some point in a conversation again back to the I'm not willing to perform unless we communicate and Mm -hmm. talk things out he said I'm just going to take what I want to take then and he announced it and seven to ten days later he did I was a victim to his rape and there was nothing I could do and I remember it like it was yesterday I remember if I cry it's going to wake the kids up. Mm. So I can't cry. I remember I can get up and take that same gun, as mentioned before, and shoot them. And then I was like, great. Then what do we do with the four kids? Because it was my three and my stepson. Mm -hmm. Then there's going to be police lights, and then they're going to be put in the system until I'm proven innocent and it was self-defense, and it's going to be this whole two-year-long process. Like, These were the ways I was escaping the rape was thinking logically through what's my next step yeah and I would have never thought from an upper middle class pediatrician's daughter upbringing I figure skated I horseback rode in Kentucky I you know we traveled competitive skating I mean it was Mm -hmm. like all the you know on paper it was like dang this girl's got it together right you know I, I earned my associate's degree and my bachelor's degree my bachelor's in three and a half years because I just plowed through it I earned my master's in a year versus two years. I mean, like, girls got it together. Right. This shouldn't be happening to me, right? Mm -hmm. That happens to the least of these, Mm -hmm. is how I thought. And there I was, getting raped by my husband and trying to just logically disassociate and figure out what's my next step. So he went to work. I called my brother, and then my brother came and rescued you. Yeah. We packed up everything and moved to Illinois. Mm. Yeah, we had friends who helped. Yeah. Yeah, we had those. Community around mm-hmm. you. and mm-hmm. Yeah, which was good. Yeah. I'm so sorry you had to go through that. Thank you. That's just sounds like a nightmare. It was. Yeah. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. when I tell the story, people, you know, such as yourself, say they're sorry. But the truth of the matter is God was always there. Mm. And I'm not sorry for that gift wrapped in really hard sandpaper, right? Because had it not been for those moments, and there were a lot more, that was like my, like that was it, right? Right. Um, had, had I not been through all of that, I wouldn't be where I am. And my children wouldn't be where they are. And they are, they are all successful. And I get to pour into others who have overcome trauma. Mm. Let it be domestic violence. Let it be any other kind of trauma. I get to pour into these folks. And that's worth everything. That's worth laying there in bed, being raped by my husband. Mm. That's worth the horrible things that happened to my son in the, up, in the preceding year. Um, that's worth the emotional abuse that my daughters endured. They're healing from it on their own. Yeah. You know, but... They are strong, independent women who choose their partners because those are the people they want with them versus 
well, I need a man or a woman to be beside me. Right. You know. Yeah. So that stigma, that cultural, those cultural expectations have been severed. And I would do it all over again in a heartbeat to have them where they are in life. My son and I have forgiven the abuser. Um, I don't know if my daughters have. Again, that's their journey. But my right. son and I talk about this. We've forgiven the abuser. We've forgiven. I've forgiven myself. My son had nothing to forgive because it's his childhood trauma. And when you're enduring childhood trauma, you don't have you don't walk into the room and have things happen Absolutely. to you. Absolutely. Right. Right. So, it was truly by the grace of God and by His redeeming love that we could truly move forward and not wish ill on those who have harmed us. It's an incredible place to be. It is. It's not an easy road to get there. No. No. And it's not a one and done. No. 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 Because there's different aspects that come up at different times. And, you know, there's layers to forgiveness and layers to unfolding things, you know, and just figuring all of that out. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, the hardest part of forgiving was forgiving myself. It often is, isn't it? Because I put my children in that situation. I made the choice to be with this man. I made Mm. the choice to marry this man. I brought my children into harm's way. And when I see my daughters hurt every once in a while, it comes through. I mean, that just gets me. And I have to go home and just forgive myself and ask the Lord for his guidance and the peace in my heart to know that I've, I've gotten them out of that. We didn't stay. Right. Because it would have been easy to stay. It would have been easy for the money situation, for stability so that I'm not looked at as like oh my goodness she's divorced again mm. to just not care mm-hmm. about other people's opinions about me and right. my kids like it's it's freeing and there are triggers and there probably will be for the rest of my life I'm sure yeah like I'll see a license plate from Oklahoma or Texas and I mm. and I'm like okay it's okay <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's okay mm-hmm. I'm safe and God's got me yeah yeah and if something should happen and I end up, you know, no longer on this earth, then I get to be with Jesus. Amen. So, yeah, I don't want to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hear you. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go anywhere. Yeah. I, you know, would like to see my 103rd birthday at least. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if something should happen, then I get to be with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. That's a beautiful testimony to, you know, just allowing him to work in your life. Yeah. You know, and just kind of intermingled through everything that you went through. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, so we touched on this just slightly, but what ongoing influence has this whole situation had on your life moving forward from that point? Oh, that God is always there. Like, absolutely always there. Mm-hmm. And he will always get us out of the quicksand. Mm-hmm. And he just never he never eludes us Mm -hmm. so even in the hardest of times and the darkest moments and the tears and the kitchen floor and the tears in the shower and the I'm the worst human ever you know he is that one set of footprints in the sand yeah right and I have to keep remembering that when I'm struggling financially mm-hmm. or when I'm, well, I mean, that's really my biggest struggle. Like he, he's always provided, he's always been there mm-hmm. and the miracles are there daily. It's just whether or not we choose to see them and then to choose to accept them. Absolutely. Cause we don't think we're worthy. At least I don't think I'm worthy. You know, mm-hmm. I see a miracle and I'm like, 
yeah, that's nice. That's a cute little miracle. Thanks. Mm. Oh, that was for me again, mm-hmm. because you love us that much, that much, that much. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it was interesting to hear you share how you went from, you know, the childhood and that you kind of made those decisions to go a different direction, you know, and, uh, I have a very similar journey, so I understand that. Um, but it is interesting how much self-esteem plays a role in the decisions that we make, Absolutely. especially as women. I think Absolutely. that's, I think that's very profound, you know, as women and we search for love in different places and, you know, it can be disguised under a lot of different things, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, where would you say now that you've gone through this and, you know, you're kind of past that, where do you think your self-esteem is now? Where it's never been before. Mm. I mean, I just, I don't put up with people's stuff. Let it be from a man, let it be from a friend or whom I think is a friend. I just, I don't put up with it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to, if you're going to act a certain way, I'm going to call you out on it. And if your feelings are hurt, that's a you problem. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to change who I am. I'm not going to. Um, sway from that solid foundation of God being my God mm-hmm. you know it's just I'm in that and I won't sway from it because I know that he will provide and he will love and he will nurture and he will care for and so my self-esteem is at a completely I would have never in a million years sure. thought that I would be as confident in life as mm-hmm. I am now now do I second guess myself oh yes all the time of course of course <laughs> right <laughs> right but then I quiet myself to the best of my ability and I ask the Holy Spirit for guidance and go from there yeah Yeah. it's amazing so tell me what makes you come alive well my kids (laughs) always our kids right? always the kids (laughs) they really do no and just being able to be God's light Mm. like that like if you there are so many stories, I was going to say, if you know more stories, but there are so many stories where God just keeps shining in and shining in and shining in and, and to be able to pour that out to others. And they don't have to be religious others. Right. You know, like that's, people have a challenging time differentiating religion and faith, right? Absolutely. But doing what God's calling me to do. And so that's guiding others out of their past trauma so that they can heal, so they can forgive themselves mm-hmm. first and mm-hmm. then the people that caused the pain again childhood trauma is a whole other thing but it just lights me up to be able to guide people to that place of healing because Mm -hmm. I know how freeing it is to be out of the quicksand I know how freeing it is to be out of those shackles and I know that there's there's one way to do it you know and and again whether or not people believe in God I know that that's the way Mm -hmm. and they'll find that path on their own my my calling is to lead them to their path of right. healing yeah yeah that's beautiful so share with me uh you were just saying that there's been all these different miracle moments would you mind sharing just one or two of them that you can think of of course i'm happy okay. to <laughs> so we were living in illinois mm-hmm. and i looked at my bank account and we had 11 dollars to our name mm-hmm. 11 bucks and i had just stopped one job and started another one and there was a hiccup in the pay system, mm. right? And so the hiccup caused like a three-week delay in the paycheck, and then the other new job was a three-week delay in the paycheck. So oh, I had $11 to feed four mouths in three weeks. And I was like, 
how? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, these are my two loaves of bread, right? Yep. That are going to feed millions, mm-hmm. right? And I was like, how is this even possible? And so one phone call, one interview, all of a sudden St. Vincent de Paul came through, and I will be forever grateful. And they came through and they said, here's a $350 Walmart card so you can wow. feed your family, and here's $362 to pay for your insurance. Incredible. So, I mean, all of a sudden, there I was with food for three weeks for my kids mm-hmm. and insurance because I was just going to drive uninsured. Sure. I'm like, I'm scrounging for pennies to get some gas money. Yeah. You know, like, I guess I'm calling my brother and asking him for a 20 because you could buy, you know, you two could, tanks of gas. You could at that point. <laughs> Not just one gallon. Yeah. Right. But I was like, all right. I, it, it just happened. Literally $11, and we went to the Walgreens. We lived across the street from Walgreens, and we went to the Walgreens. And my kids said, could we get a pack of gum? And I looked at them, and I said, we can't afford it. So what's the first thing I bought at Walmart? Pack gum. of gum. For each one of them, they each had their own pack of gum. Mm. And I was like, I can buy my kids gum. What's up, people? Because we had been living off the food pantry. Yeah. And pride needs to go out the door when mm-hmm. you're at that point in life. Our right. freedom, our safety was vastly more important than my pride Mm -hmm. and that's why we have food pantries that's why we have you know food stamps is to get us out of that those situations not to live off of it but to get us right out of those situations yeah and we we were food pantry people for a solid year I think that is so beautiful that you just shared that because I think a lot of women stay in situations that they shouldn't be staying in out of that fear of where am I going to get the money? Where am I going to get the provision? I'll just stay. You know, right. it's better. You know, we've got a roof over our head. We have, you know, the income coming in. So thank you for sharing that because I feel like that, you know, it just gives hope to other women that they can do what you did. Yeah. And, you know, miracles aren't just for you. You know? <laughs> no, they're for everybody. They're, they're for everybody. <laughs> they really are. So, yeah. No, that was a beautiful story. Thank, thank you. you so much for sharing that. So we have just a couple minutes left. Um, what would be a message of hope that you have that you want to share with the world? Yeah, just to not give up hope and to understand that your freedom mm-hmm. is is just much more important than anything else. Because mm-hmm. to live as a caged bird, to live in those shackles, to live in that quicksand, it's just, it's awful. I've been there and it's okay to ask for help. It's very difficult. It's it very is. humbling to ask for help. Mm-hmm. But the message of hope is that you can do it. You can get out of all the crud. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not going to be an easy journey. Find somebody to mentor you. Find somebody that you can lean on. Find somebody that you might have an inkling that you might be able to think about trusting. Because trust is really, really, really difficult. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even to this day, we've been living years free, and I'm like, oh, you want me to trust that person? Okay. I'm sure that would be a very difficult area. Yeah. Because you trusted yeah. somebody, you mm-hmm. married them, and then mm-hmm. they, you know, yeah. did some unthinkable things. Mm-hmm. So that there is hope, that there is, there is freedom, but you have to work for it. Mm-hmm. Like God's giving you that door, but you have to walk through it. You have to like, actually put your hand on the handle, you know, and turn the knob. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really loved how you shared um, that you had forgiven you know, because forgiveness is not a gift for the other person. It's a gift for ourselves, you know? And so, you know, you were talking about being free from things, but 
to walk in forgiveness. You know, you don't ever have to be, you know, accepting of all of that, but to forgive it, that's just a beautiful place to be, it you is. know, in your life. And you, you radiate just, you know, happiness. I can see Christ through you, you know, and, you know, through your story and everything. And I think so much of that comes because you are free of all of the junk that comes along with the lack of forgiveness, yeah. you know, and to be able to forgive yourself. Us as moms, oh, we hold that guilt, right? Mm-hmm. Don't we? As, we do. We oh, do. It's not even as women, it's as moms, yes. you know, we just, yes. we hold that guilt, you know, are we going to screw our kids up? Are we going to make the wrong decisions? Are we going to, you are. know, and we are, <laughs> we're flawed, you know, that's just, we're going to get it wrong sometimes right. and that's okay. As long as our kids know that we love them and that we've done everything that we can, you know, out of love for them. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's. I'm so glad to hear that your kids are in good places and doing well, and that's a huge testimony to you. It's a huge testimony for the grace of God in my life, mm-hmm. really, because without it, I don't know, my kids would be pretty messed up. Mm-hmm. But even think about where they would be if you just held on to all the anger and the, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it would, it, it, it's, it's just so dark, it would just yeah. continue on. Yeah. So thank you for sharing. You're welcome. Appreciate it. Anytime. Yeah. Well, I'm Sarah Seberg. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Kingdom Real. Have a very blessed week.